0: And I am going to be talking about, um, can we trust that Jesus is really the Son of God? Um, Some people like to claim that he was just a good teacher. And so we're going to be talking about, was he really just a good teacher or was he actually the Son of God? Um, And I think that we can prove beyond reasonable doubt that he was, in fact, the Son of God. And in order for Jesus, I believe, to have been a good teacher, he has to be the Son of God. Um, So we'll spend the next little while talking about that and why specifically I believe that is the case. Um, So, first, we need to understand the situation. Um, So, in John chapter 4, um, John chapter 5, John chapter 10, and John chapter 8, Karen, if we could get the John chapter five scripture up on the is there an echo? Am I echoing? Yes, yeah. Yeah. If I scoop back a little bit, does that help? Hello? Is it still there? A little bit? Yeah, I, I got a little bit. Okay, I'll just keep talking. Um, so in John, John chapter five, <clears throat> um, Jesus said um, he was talking to a large crowd, including some Pharisees, and he said, um, "So but Jesus answered them." My father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. In John chapter 10, if we turn there, we see I am and the father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, it is not for the good works that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, it is not written in, is it not written in the law? I said, you are God's. If he calls them God's little g, to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you say to him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, You are ba- blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God. If I am not doing the works of the Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, and then he escaped from their hands. And then in John chapter 8, we read, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, and Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This last one's my favorite, because this takes a little bit of knowledge of Jewish scripture. In Exodus, Moses is confronted with a burning bush while he's going about his everyday business searching for a sheep. And he's like, that's pretty interesting. I'm gonna go check that out. So he goes, and God speaks to him from the bush, and he says that the place you're standing is holy ground. Take off your sandals. So he does all that. And he and God have a conversation. God's like, hey, you're going to go deliver my people. And Moses questions him several times. And one of the things that God says is when the people question who is sending you, tell them, I am. And right here we have Jesus referencing that scripture and calling himself, I am. Many people like to make the assertion that Jesus didn't actually declare that he was God anywhere in Scripture, and in John he does at least four times. He does plenty more, but we've just seen four. Um, He also does in John chapter 4 to the Samaritan woman, which is actually the first time in that gospel that he declares himself to be God. Um, So we see that Jesus claimed to be God. Um, We don't just see it in the Gospel of John. Um, The Gospel of John is one of four biographies written about Jesus um, this one is written by the Apostle John, um, and it was written about 40 to 50 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So many people will say, okay, so John wrote that he was the Son of God, and each gospel was written for a specific purpose. John's gospel was to sp- explicitly show that Jesus was the Son of God. Um, in Luke, we see a very um, systematic method of laying out facts. Luke was a doctor, a physician. And so he was very methodical in the way that he wrote things and chronicled information about Jesus. And so he gives a historical, almost um, lawyer's presentation of the gospel, very factual. But even in Luke's gospel, we see through the Great Commission at the end and Luke's writing of Acts at the very beginning that Jesus declares himself to be God and through the resurrection confirms it. In the book of Matthew, um, this was written likely about 20 years after the death and resurrection. <clears throat> we see Jesus as the promised Messiah of the Jews. They reference a lot of Old Testament Scripture in order to make us... Make the, it was written to a Jewish audience for them to understand that Jesus was the promised King to come, the promised Deliverer. And so again... We see Matthew reference the Old Covenant and the coming of a new Messiah being the Son of God to declare His divinity. The book of Mark actually is my favorite declaration of Jesus' divinity, though, because in that book, He is almost explicitly called the Son of Man. And I think that's a very interesting title because when we're trying to say Jesus is the Son of God and He Himself in an entire Gospel is declaring Himself the Son of Man, there seems to be a disconnect. And for a while, I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Um, and then <clears throat> I realized, in order to fully understand this, you have to go back to the Old Testament, as you do with most things. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, this is the first prophecy that we have of Jesus. And this is right after Adam and Eve sinned. And this is God cursing the serpent. Um, this is about halfway through the curse. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. <clears throat> this language is used several more times in the Old Testament, or this type of um, metaphorical picture of the crucifixion that is to come for Jesus. Um, and in Daniel chapter 7, um, verses 9 through 14, Daniel is given a vision. He has been praying for days, and he has been given a vision of um, the final defeat over sin. And as I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat, and his clothing was white as snow, and the hair on his head was pure wool. His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out before him and a thousand thousands served him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were opened. I looked and then became of the sound of the great words and the horn, that a horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed, the beast referring to several kingdoms, sinful kingdoms that were to come, and um, sinful nature in humanity, and his blood, de- and his body destroyed, and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, <clears throat> their dominions were taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw the night visions. In the night visions, and behold. Within the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and he was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So a son of man When looking like the Son of Man came before God and was given dominion and glory and a kingdom and all peoples, nations, and languages should serve Him, His dominion would be everlasting. I love that. And so we see here a picture of a human being coming before God and being declared declared glorious and perfect. And then the beast is destroyed. And so every single time Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man in the Gospel of Mark and the other Gospels, but specifically the Gospel of Mark, it is referencing this prophecy right here. And He explicitly claims to be the Son of Man multiple times, showing that He is the fulfillment of of, the covenant, of our covenant with God. Now, I know I've taken a long time to explain that Jesus did claim to be divine, but the entire rest of today hinges on us understanding that fact. Jesus claims in every gospel to be the Son of God. So with this claim understood, we need to move away from the Bible itself and rely a little bit on logic and how people think. So anyone who's heard me speak before um, or knows a lot about me knows that I love C.S. Lewis. I think he is one of the most brilliant men to have ever lived. Um, And he, for a very long time, was an atheist. But he was faced with very difficult facts and he couldn't reason around them. And so because of this, he studied. He studied hard and he became a firm Christian. He wrote what I believe, besides the Bible, is the one book that every Christian should read, and that is Mere Christianity. Um, it basically forms the basis for any apologetic ar- most apologetic arguments that anyone gives since his time. And I believe, besides the Bible, is the one thing that really helps Christians understand God in a new way. In this book, he talks about this question that we're covering briefly, um, and he calls it the trilemma. He says there are three possibilities with, with what we have from Scripture that Jesus is who he says he is, that he told the truth, and he is Lord, or that he's lying, or he's a lunatic, he's crazy. These are our three options. Because if he's not actually who he says he is, he either knows he's not, and then he's lying about it, or he actually believes that he's something that he's not, making him crazy. Does that make sense? So these are our only three options. So we'll start with a liar. Why would Jesus lie? This is an actual question, not rhetorical. Someone shout it out. Why would Jesus lie? Anyone? Not all at once. Can't hear you if you're all speaking at once. Oh, okay. So he, he, he couldn't because he's the son of God. He's perfect. But let's say for a second he wasn't. Why, what motivation would he have to lie? Deception. To gain, to gain power. power. Okay, we'll go with power. So if he's trying to gain power, claiming to be the son of God would be a pretty good way to do that, right? Uh, I'll admit that. And he did have power to a certain degree. But that power was supernatural, not natural. Right? And there was... Despite being having supernatural power, and we can see this in John chapter 10, verses 19 through 21. Um, <clears throat> uh, there was, again, a division among the Jews because, these, uh, because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. So we'll get to the crazy part in a little bit. Um, why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? <clears throat> there was a dispute, and there, there, we'll read a verse a little bit later on that talks about how um, several were saying that he had a demon, and he, he, Jesus comes right out and says, if Satan fights Satan, he has no chance. If my, eh, am I doing what is good? Then it's not from Satan. And so, yes, he had supernatural power, and that is a testament to his divinity, but also he didn't really have much temporal power. And the dispute about his spiritual power was more of a dispute about where the power came from and not that he had it or not. The only accusation that they could bring against him was that it was coming from an evil source, and as we'll see later, that it it couldn't be. he never actually attempted to gain any huge amount of following. In fact, there were multiple instances in the Gospels, and I could cite them, but it'd take forever. There's far too many, where he ran away from the crowds, trying to get away to have some time with him and God. Or, when he would do a miracle, he'd say, hey, don't tell anybody about it. Now, if you're trying to gain, like, if you're going to go overthrow the government... Don't tell anyone that, you know, this lame dude's now walking around, the blind are seeing, like, I mean, that'd be a pretty, like, be a pretty good way to, you know, get some people on your side. And as a magician, like, I, I can't do any of that stuff. And, but, like, th- the power that comes with that, or could come with that, is amazing. And yet he discounted all of it. Additionally, Jesus foretells his crucifixion multiple times. Um, my favorite of this, these instances is in John chapter 11, um, verses seven through eight, and then again, um, something happens in verse 16. Um, and then after this, he said, to them, uh, he said to the disciples, "Let's go to Judea again." And the disciples said to him, "Rabbi, the Jews are now seeking to stone you, and they are going, and you are going there again." and was that it? Oh shoot, I thought the other verse was... Okay, my bad. Uh, Well then in John, uh, in verse 16, do you have verse 16 up? Okay, cool. Uh, And then Thomas said to them, uh, let us also go, that way we may die with him. So he's like, yeah, we're going back to Judea, and they're all like, "Mm, but they want to kill us, so Why? It's very, very evident to everyone that Jesus is going to his death. If he's actually trying to gain temporal power, why? You wouldn't go somewhere that everyone wants you dead. The prophet Muhammad ran away from Mecca because they were trying to kill him. And he went across the Middle East and hid in Medina until he gained enough power to go back and take it. That's the actual strategy. That's how you gain power, right? You don't go to the place where they want to kill you. That doesn't make any sense. Hanging on a cross is not a good way to get power. It's just not. And everyone knew they wanted him dead. Also, would you keep the lie? the point of crucifixion if you knew you were lying would you let them hang you on a cross I'm sorry but at some point I would have been like okay like I, I'm a magician right I do a lot of tricks and cool stuff with my hands if someone was like okay you don't tell me how that works I'm, or I'm going to crucify you I'd be like bro I'll tell you all my I, you can have all my magic trick, I don't care you're not hanging me on a cross it does not matter. The lie doesn't, doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So the next claim is that he's crazy, right? And Jesus, I mean, he was a little crazy, but not, not in the insane kind of way. Jesus challenged social, political, and racial norms Jesus changed everything. He was radical. He was crazy, but he was not insane. And what I, what I think is so interesting is if you could, if someone was actually crazy, it's pretty easy to kind of you know make people see the fact that they're crazy. Um, and his enemies never tried to dismiss him as insane. Only once, in that, that scripture that we read earlier, did anyone even question that he was, and they dismissed that almost immediately. It's a lot easier to make someone appear as though they're crazy than it is to manipulate a mob and pressure the ruling authority to hang an innocent man on a cross. They jumped through a lot of hoops to get that done. Also, crazy people don't consistently outsmart the intellectuals of their day. I mean, that was why they wanted him dead, right? It's because he's going around and he's stepping on everything that... all the laws and the rules that they've set up, all of the businesses and markets that they've developed around their religious ceremonies and he's knocking them down, and it's making them mad. And so every time they challenge him, they're doing it because they they need to to hold on to their power. And every time they do, he shuts them down. And he doesn't just shut them down, he does it immediately with a sentence. My favorite instance is when they throw the, the woman caught in adultery at his feet. and I mean, he says like five words and they just all start walking away. It's because you can't, ar- you can't argue with him. Because he's right. <laughs> and he's not crazy. He's not. He didn't act like a crazy person. He didn't go around screaming and yelling and making a bunch of noise in order to try to gain followers. He, he was careful. He was methodical. And he knew exactly what he was doing. Crazy doesn't fit. If you were... I mean, think about this honestly. If you honestly thought that you were... God in human form. Would you behave like Jesus did? I don't think I would. I mean, I'd like to think I would, right? But, I mean, if, if I actually thought I was God incarnate. I, I don't know that any of us would. Because he, he presented things in completely and totally different ways than anyone ever did. And he had thoughts that no one else had ever thought and said things and did things in the most unique ways possible that have still had impacts on the world today. I'm willing to bet a lot of money that if anyone else actually thought that they, were, that, they were, that they were crazy enough to think that, they would not look like Christ. They wouldn't. So, if he wasn't a liar and he wasn't a lunatic, logic dictates that he's Lord. My favorite instance of him proving this is in Mark 2, um, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> and when he returned from Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when, they came, uh, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they moved to the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that that they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. But to that He was very, very different. He says, your sins are forgiven, and they're all like, whoa, dude. What? You can't do that. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Get up and walk. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah, do it. Come on, go. Cool. Okay, now now, do you get what I'm saying? And And so we see He does everything differently. To claim to be God and not to be arrogant, I think, is the biggest proof. I mean, he didn't walk around strutting his stuff. Any and every person that has come since him who has claimed to be a prophet of divine nature, anything, Has an air of arrogance. I'm taking a religious studies course right now, and every single one, we go down the list, and I'm like, wow. They all get, you know, it's it's funny, I think, um, the best lies are almost entirely true. And so many religions are. They get so close to the truth, and they miss it, because they don't have him. And every single one of them comes with an air of superiority and arrogance. And he walked on this earth with complete and utter humility to be the actual son of God and to be as humble as he was is remarkable. So I think logic dictates that he was Lord. And I think that's pretty clear. And I think anyone or most people who think otherwise have emotional reasons behind their thinking. I think you either, you can't reconcile why, why does God let bad things happen to good people? That, that's a very tough question for a lot of people, for me as well. Or you want to live your life the way you want to, without, you know, the confines of morality. Or someone who claims to be a Christian has hurt you very deeply and you can't reconcile why someone who claims to be of God could wrong you in such a strong way. Those, I believe, 99% of people that I have encountered fall into one one of those three categories if they're not Christian. But logic, logic dictates that He is our Savior. So for anyone questioning If this makes sense, it does. It makes perfect and total sense. And I'll end on a quote from the man who started this all, C.S. Lewis. He said, A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on level with a man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up a fool, you can spit at him and call him a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense of his being just a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. God, I thank you that you sent your Son to save us. And more than that, you sent your Son to bless us. Let your will be done in our lives and help us to understand that you and your word and your world make sense. And then in the craziness of not life and in the times that we don't understand that there still is an answer and that you are that answer and even though we cannot grasp it, help us to cling to you anyway. Let your will be done in our lives and the lives of those around us and help us to honor you with everything that we say, everything we think, and everything that we do in your mighty and holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.